Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates, that's me, Hugh, and my friend Sam, we uh, basically get together every week, recommend films to one another, and see who's got better taste. Hello, Sam. How are you? Hello, Hugh. I'm getting getting pretty freestyle with this uh, intro. I think we can be, sometimes with stuff like that, you can be a bit too, you know, robotic, you know. (laughs) Well, that's it. It's not a pre-recorded message. It's uh, it's live no. each week. Yeah. yeah, it's Saturday Night Live it's <laughs> from it's, from our uh, house. It is, isn't it? That's when our podcast is uh, is released. This is live, of course. Uh, yeah, to us it's live. To you, yeah. listener, it's not live. Obviously, let's hope we don't say fuck or bugger. I suppose. Oh, don't say fuck or bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had a good week, Hugh? Um, I'm going to say yes because I've <laughs> not really done much to be honest. What about a you? word out of a jar. Yeah, good, good, busy old week. Had my last driving test, uh, driving lesson before my test next week, oh. and uh, moving house this weekend. So, pretty hectic. I'll be honest. No, yeah, it sounds busy, 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 busy. I also made the huge mistake um, of uh, telling my st- uh, class about this podcast. So, this episode is dedicated to to, to the lovely lasses and lads of uh, 12C, and uh, let's hope I don't say anything career threatening. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, last time on the podcast, so hopefully they don't listen to like the backdated ones where you said you hated that class, <laughs> like you specifically up. picked out twelve C and you're like, God, those kids are annoying. They're going to have to listen fail. back to all of our episodes, all twenty of them. Are going to have to listen back to all those episodes. Yeah, uh, and if you want to leave a five star review, absolutely do feel free to do that, and then Sam's <laughs> opinion might change of you. Or Mr. Blakely, as you know him. (laughs) (laughs) The reports are due, so I can change those (laughs) Very nice, very nice. Well, literally true. Literally. Well, Mm. speaking of things that were literally not true, um, we have today's (laughs) uh, film, The Hunt for Red October, the 1990 Mm. Cold War classic. Sam, we're going to do it, aren't we? We're going to look let's at it. Do it. Let's let's just do it. I mean, do what it. is this film all about, Hugh? Give us a give us the briefest bullet point synopsis you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, like this week definitely. <laughs> so is in quick. the opening scene, I'm getting better at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Sean Connery, he's a Russian submarine captain. He basically gets given this new submarine that's got this special um, type of engine that's super silent. Um, he basically handpicks his crew, and his plan is to defect to the USA but the US don't know this uh, they think that a crazy Russian sub commander's gone crazy gone AWOL uh, he's got a nuclear submarine with lots of lovely nuclear bombs on board and so yeah the Russians and the Americans basically play a game of cat and mouse uh, in the North Atlantic to see what's going to happen with this uh, submarine. And Alec Baldwin plays uh, Dr. Jack Ryan, who's the one who basically figures out that uh, uh, our main man, Sean Connery, is uh, he, he's the one who wants to defect. And he's it's, a lot of the film is basically about him trying to contact the sub-commander and the sub-commander getting to somewhere he can make contact without being um, absolutely eviscerated, frankly. <laughs> uh, losing him and his crew. So, yeah, so that's a, so it's a that brief good. plot. That yeah. Was, yeah, you didn't even mention the opening scene. You just went straight into the plot. I'm proud of you, mate. 
Yeah, well, I must admit, I'll tell you now, it's starring, obviously, as I said, Sean Connery. It's got Sam Neill. It's got Alec Baldwin. It's got um, Stan Skarsgård's there for a bit. James Earl Jones. Um, you've got even um, Tim Tim Curry. That's right, yeah. Tim, Tim Curry, yep. yeah. Yeah, Tim Curry in a, an unusually straight role for, for an actor <laughs> who I always tend to associate with, like, comedic roles. Mm. Um, yeah, it's got a big ensemble cast, basically. Huge uh, cast. Joss Eklund. Ackland, sorry, who plays the Russian Scott ambassador. Scott Glenn, Jeffrey Jones, Scott Glenn, they're all in it. Yeah. Um, the thingy, principal uh, from... Uh, the principal Ferris from... Bueller, Jeffrey Jones. Chica-chica. I've not... Well, I've not, as you know, I've not actually seen uh, Ferris Bueller. It's also got Courtney B. Ooh, Vance in it. I didn't know that. I'm going to get that on the list. Although I'm not the biggest fan. Ferris Are you? Really? No. So it's got a it's got a huge cast, as you say. I mean, uh, is that the main thing you love about it? What what is it? This see, this feels like exactly a, a Hugh film. You know? Well, it's one of these. It's at, the Cold War is such a fascinating period of history because, as uh, our eponymous hero says in this film, you know, it's a uh, well, he's not eponymous, a, is he? Why is he not eponymous? That means his name's in the title. That's titular. Same same thing. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought his name was uh, was Marco uh, <laughs> <Colin> Ramius. <Hunt. laughs> yeah, October. Michael, Michael yeah. Hunt. <laughs> you sure eponymous means that? I'll take your word for it. Go on. I then. mean, it's been a while oh, since yeah. I did A level English lit, but uh, yeah. pretty soon. Okay. Well, whilst I'm telling you why I like this film, you can Google that. Right, I'm going to Google that while you talk. So you're not <laughs> yeah. you're not talking and googling. You talk. Yeah, I'm not, like I'm, not, I'm not Googling. I'm gonna. I think it's just an exciting Cold War drama. Oh, well, that's what I was saying. Yes, the, as uh, Sean Connery's character says in this, you know, it's a war without monuments, but with lots of casualties. Uh, to paraphrase what he says there, and uh, yeah, it's just like that cat and mouse. You know, the tension. Um, it's one of those where, as an audience, we kind of have the, it's, what is it, it's known as dramatic irony, isn't it, where we know more than the characters do. So we know his intentions, but the the characters around them, they don't know what uh, um, Sean Connery's character is going to do. They don't know, you know, they we know more than they do. The only person, the only time when we know as much as the... Uh, as the characters do, is when it's the, about the saboteur on the Russian sub on the Oct- on the Red October. We don't know who that is. It's not dealt to us, so that's a bit of mystery. But yeah, it's it is a great ensemble piece. Actually, there's a lot of lot of good actors. It's it's a mainly you know it's a men dominated film. Let's be honest. There's not there's like two women in it and one's the air hostess who doesn't know what turbulence who doesn't know what turbulence in and the others yeah. and the others gets he gets tries like, to mansplain it to her he basically does yeah in a very pretentious way and yeah. then the other is randomly um, she gets about one line of dialogue is the American actress Gates McFadden who <laughs> plays a British woman and she's not British which was really really threw me off because it was like oh why is Dr. Crusher from Star Trek um, doing an English accent yeah, yeah so but yeah what else do I like about this film it, it's got good tension like I must admit on second viewing the tension's not as high because you know what happens but you know when you that's watch probably it, true of most films would have thought <laughs> yeah most <laughs> yeah but there's valid. some valid point but you know some films even like you can watch them a few times and you can still get you can still get stuck into the tension uh, but with this one, I think it keeps you know it keeps going all the way through until pretty much uh, the the submarine at the end is destroyed. The other sub, 
the other Russian sub. Um, I tell you what is rare. Well, it's not rare, but it, it can be hard. Um, you've got basically two narratives running simultaneously here that converge at the end, don't you? You've basically got the A plot of Ramius wanting to defect, and you've got the kind of the B plot of um, Jack Ryan actually figuring out what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. And I like that whole... They, they come together really nicely at the end, I think. Um, and they're both interesting because you've got the mystery of the Americans trying to figure out what the doors on the submarine are about this silent caterpillar drive and then then thinking, oh, they must stop him, thinking he might try to you know, blow the world up and all this kind of stuff. So I really enjoyed that. That works. Um, I would say an interesting thing, and this is more a bit more social socio-political at the time so this film was made in 1990 and obviously in 1990 um the sort of i don't know how you want to say it but you know the the soviet bloc back then was still this this great unknown wasn't it it was still this you know cold iron you know the iron wall and it kind of i think it it does a good job of like humanizing the soviet characters i would say you know you learn that the um that the executive officer, the second in command, um, Sam Neill's character, he's kind of wants, you know, he wants to live in Montana and have a fat mm. wife who cooks him <laughs> rabbits and he wants to have a recreational vehicle and he's allowed to go from state to state and he's like, I'll live in Montana in the summer and Arizona in the winter and he's like, I think I'll need two wives and all this. <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's really nice. And it's, yeah, I think that's kind of the strength. I think the strength of this film is... It's that kind of life and death cat and mouse scenario. Like, not, you know, not everyone knows what's happening. And it's like the ambassador, the American ambassador says, you know, oh, if you have all your, you know, your stuff out on patrol, you know, doing an exercise, we're going to have to put our stuff stuff out because, you know, wars have been started for less. So I mm. think I like that high, high tension. I think that's one thing that all kind of good Cold War films do is they, they just have a really great high stakes. The stakes are always really high. They're not, they're, it's not low stakes. You know, it's not like somebody's picked a stake up off the floor and going, oh, this is, you know, here. It's a, it's a high stake. <laughs> That's a very they're having to, pun. They're having, very to reach, they're having to reach up, you know, they're having to reach up. And I think the Cold War's great for that because you've got two very, you know, you've got two sides of the, of this, of this conflict, yeah, two sides of this conflict with both with almost like very definable and achievable aims. You know, I almost find myself kind of doing the old uh, Stuart Lee joke about the IRA and the, you know, they had achievable aims. You know? <laughs> this is very much with kind of the Cold War. It was like both sides achievable aims. You know, they both knew what they wanted. Where you know, the, like the war on terror and all this, and like. Islamic jihad it's like you want to have a what a caliphate around the world that's not that's not looking <laughs> likely is it <laughs> you know where your expectations lads yeah where like communism in you know being instilled throughout the world probably was an achievable aim maybe at some point probably not by 1980 or 1984 when this film's set but definitely in the early days I would perhaps argue but as you say with the stakes it's mutually assured destruction basically have you yeah. seen uh, Doctor Strangelove uh, yes, I have, or I've seen most of it. I've seen all the yeah. important bits. <laughs> yeah, no fighting yeah. in the war room, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, 
So what what I what I think you might not like about this film, um, quite honestly, is the dialogue's not the best. There are some there are some problems with some of the lines in this film um, that might have made you kind of guffaw and laugh out loud, but not at what they said. The the one that really kind of stuck in my craw was the one at the end when the the uh, torpedo gets the Russian sub and uh, the the other command or the second in command of the Russian sub goes something along the lines of "You ass, you've killed us," <laughs> <laughs> and that was his like last line of that. You know, that's that's his final words: "Is you've killed us." Um, yeah, something I didn't notice but one of the critics did is this apparently like the the special effects aren't great in this film it's a bit playstation 2 at best i think at best yeah um but it was 1990 to be fair yeah yeah true jurassic park you know true 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 um you might not have the acting might not have been Stella, you might, I don't know if you've, I don't know how much of a critic you are of acting, but, you know, you might have found uh, Sean Connery a bit wooden. I was, I was speaking to my dad about this film the other day, and he's just like, oh, he's a terrible actor, is Sean Connery. <laughs> and I, my, but my counterpoint to that was, well, yes, he is, but if you put him as the right character, you know, you give him this stoic Russian with a Scottish accent, then you're all right, <laughs> you know. Um, he just can't stop the yish. He just he just can't not do it. Yeah, um, it might have felt a bit cliched. I mean, even by nineteen ninety, you're at the kind of you're coming to the end of the the lack of tongue in cheek in these you know silly eighties action films. You know, this is this is directed by one of the those silly's eighties action films. It's John McTiernan again, who was mm. seen in Predator and he did Die Hard. So. Yeah, you might have been a bit jaded by it since we've you know we've watched we've watched a few over the last couple of weeks I would say, um, and then yeah the last thing I would say and this is more of a so spoilers spoiler alert for the film um, we do always spoil these films but that's it is I feel like they miss the film and it might be in the book and it might the book might do it much better but I think it would have been better if the saboteur had been somebody who who you knew, who mm. either was like one of his inner circle who double-crossed him, or it was somebody who was introduced earlier on in the film but isn't inside the inner circle, like the Doctor or something like that. Right. Um, I think that would have been a better way for the film to go because it's just like, oh, it's the cook. <laughs> and you're like, who? Do I know that? Yeah. And, you, and you kind of, it takes away when, the, when a little bit when... Uh, Sam Neill's character gets shot, you're like, who the hell's shooting him? I don't know yeah. who that is. But yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure if you like this film. You might, I think I think it, it it got described by one of the critics as the pace is stately. So it's, <laughs> it, it's not... And the, one thing that a lot of sub-films do is they kind of... They lean heavily on their... Um, the claustrophobia of a, of these submarines and you don't really get that because there's a lot of cuts to like 
you know, you, you have like briefing rooms and offices and shipyards and um, the Kremlin and all these sort of places. You know, it jumps between other places and, sh- you know, aircraft carries. It's not just set on, say, like the Russian submarine, so to speak. So, yeah, maybe that's a detraction from it. But I think all that, I think it's a good film. It's um, interesting. It's, yeah, I can't, yeah. Do you know what, Sam? I think it's time, Wenderberg. We uh, and got your opinion, Sam's gems. Uh, yes, see or if, something. Yeah, see if you liked it. What do you think, Blake's take? Blake's take. Blake's take. Yeah. So um, yeah. So join us after the break, and we'll hear what Sam has to say. So now tell me, Comrade Sam, in mother, in I'm mother worried about Ru- this. <laughs> in mother Russia, did submother, did you did you hunt for Red October? Did you watch the hunt for Red October, or did the Red the hunt for Red October watch you? Uh, so I mean, to paraphrase that, what did I like about this film? I suppose is uh, is what you're probably asking. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. I had to sort of... Um, what did the film piece... like about you? <laughs> I, had to, I had to piece together this film a bit because, as you know, I had to watch it fairly late uh, the first night and fell asleep a lot, a lot through it. So I had to re-watch it and re-watch various scenes over and over on YouTube and put them in context and stuff. So sort of, I feel like I've seen all this film in the wrong order at different times and uh, but I, I know the film and I've seen all the scenes and, and everything like that so I've well, been sort of piecing point. together my thoughts <laughs> yeah I mean that's it's obviously not very promising but but I've fallen asleep to great films so it doesn't mean it's not a great film what I really like you're right with the cast it's just name after name of actors I really like and admire and respect and as you know I haven't really seen that many Sean Sean Connery films um, as somebody who's not really a big Bond fan and generally just wouldn't wouldn't choose to watch this sort of film generally like when you look on IMDb at related films it's like some of all fears a couple of 1980s Harrison Ford films um, you know another uh, some Steven Seagal films are not too far behind you know so they're not the sort of film I'd, I'd normally like so I was really prejudiced going into it but I think it is a compelling story I think that I do think the the cast is great. Alec Baldwin's fantastic. He's he's very captivating, um, and I was I didn't actually know it was a Jack Ryan film um, mm. until at some point his name was mentioned. I thought, oh right, okay, yeah, Jack Ryan. Um, yeah, Jack Ryan, who I only really know through the more recent, um, you know, John Krasinski film uh, TV show. Right. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, Harrison Ford did. Is it? The pa- Patriot Games and yeah. well, I can't remember what the other one was. Some with President in the name and those kind of films and yeah, they're just it? you know they're just a lot of like basically men's films from the eighties. Uh, just a lot of films I don't really warm to unless they're really silly action. I don't really like it if it's like some sort of like military thriller type thing. And mm. so like I said, I was very um, very prejudiced towards this, and I think generally it's not the sort of film I go for at all. But like I said, it's a compelling story. I really like the idea of, of us following the, you know, a defecting Soviet captain. It was the the turning point that made me genuinely interested in the film is when he killed um, Putin. Interesting enough, Ivan Putin mm-hmm. is, uh, what was it? He's, I can't remember his, his role. He was the political he, officer. Political officer, that's right. Mm-hmm. That was like a, I legitimately had to rewind it because I was like, hang on a sec, what? 
uh, did I did I fall asleep or something? Like what ha- what just happened? Obviously, you see some some hints in their conversation and, and body language that um, that something's not quite right between them, and then straight up kills him and uh, you know covers his tracks and so on. Yeah, I did find that quite compelling. I, f- I liked the idea of of certain things. I love the action set set pieces. You know, sort of. Um, it's called Ramius, his kind of confidence in those battle sequences in, right, we're going to steer towards the missile, uh, steer towards the torpedo, and that was quite a nice... Because you sort of, like... You just trust that he knows what he's doing. You know, everyone's really tense and scared. Mm. You just trust that he knows what he's doing, and it and it works out fine, uh, and then he does it again. I do think you're right with the special effects. It, it was actually not as clear as I would like that they basically made... Um, the the ship shoot itself <laughs> because of because of the quality of the uh, of the yeah. I suppose you call it CGI the special effects you know um, but yeah like you say the, the, I liked I like I did like the idea that we didn't know who the saboteur was oh, so but, you liked that so that but you're right that we should have at least had an idea of who that person was so that it do was think, like do you think oh, that's him. just in like hindsight because I've mentioned it and you're like oh yeah that probably would have been better. Well, yeah, in the sense that I didn't put my finger on what was wrong with that, but now mm. you mention it, it's like it's only exciting that the butler did it. If you met the butler earlier on, earlier on, and even yeah. had the mildest suspicions that he could be a major character. Um, oh. But yeah, like I say, I think in terms of things I didn't really like, it, it's just not my kind of thing. It's all crack teams being crack, and as uh, <laughs> as it said in uh, Bit of Fry and Laurie, like the SAS is now just essentially a masturbatory aid for backbench MPs, you know, because it's all, it's sort of basically not needed, uh, but it's just lots of crack teams being crack um, and it's strategy and it's dark briefing rooms and it's and it's text on a screen um, and it's all that very, it's very Command and Conquer which I think is a fantastic game, Command and Conquer <laughs> Red Alert but I've not really been interested in anything to do with that since I was like 14. I think Tim so, Curry was yeah. in one of those games actually in Command and Conquer? Yeah, I think he might have been in the third one. All right. I think he played like a Russian. Yeah, because they always had these elaborate cutscenes. Um, oh, of course. And they, used yeah, to, yeah. and they would get like relatively famous actors in to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's 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 great. And and uh, you know that was a great game back then. But I don't know. I think it's the sort of thing that obviously, as somebody who's interested in history and politics and war and Cold War and so on, it's something that would definitely appeal more to your interest than mine. I just... What about the psychology of, A, these sort of high-stakes scenarios and, B, the kind of... the the psychology of underwater, you know, sub-commanders, you know, like you said, he's calm, cool, collected because he, he knows that the missile's not going to arm because it's too close. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't find that necessarily interesting as a psychologist, but more just as a... Yeah, from on a human level, it was... It was fascinating to see that character, and and whether or not Sean Connery can act, the point was he he embodied a role that I bought. So that's acting, isn't it? You know, um, yeah. And I, and I thought he did that really well. It was a bit weird that he didn't just take the controls because the whole point of Jack Ryan, obviously, is he's not field trained, but he goes there and he's got to do things like shoot people. It's like, well, why don't you just sit at the controls and press the button? But I guess he's just demonstrating a bit. Yeah, of I did. I did think. I did think that energy. Was... I did think that myself, actually. I was like, well, why don't you just do this? Make, make perfect sense for you to be the one. It's like, no, but you're the protagonist. You must press this button. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have to stand here and command 
other people to do things, you know. He's a dramatic little tart, isn't he? That's what it is. And it, and it, and it, and it was an element of the film being a bit silly. Um, the fact that he can't just do a different accent is is astonishing, I think. <laughs> that he can't fun. just it's pronounce funny, an S without a H on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Although you could you could make an argument that because in this film you're listening to them speak in English that his accent is different because he's not Russian. He's Lithuanian. <laughs> so you could say, uh, sure. oh, well, of course yeah, he has a I different could try to accent make that to the rest of him because a he's from a different part of the Soviet Union. I did, did you enjoy... we use the term retcon. Uh, I'm going to use it, it there. <laughs> nice. Did, um, did you like the bits with the Russian at the beginning when he was speaking? They were all speaking yeah, Russian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... When I figured out the subtitle option on the on the video, yeah, it yeah. was great. <laughs> and it's it's nice that they weren't just all speaking English the whole time. And then it was weird when they started speaking English to other people who also speak Russian more fluently than English. So it was a bit silly. I, I tell you, what, one thing I really liked was Sam Neill's character. Like you mm. said, the idea that he, he just wants this this American dream sort of life uh, because you're right, just humanise them. Although it's from a very American point of view that the, the, all these Soviets really want is to be American. That's a bit sort of... <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, and, and, you know. Tom Clancy never got accused of being, you know, socialist left-wing kind of guy. No. You know, he's very much <laughs> on the right wave and he's... Star Spangled Banner and he's the American you know, Andy McNabb. You know he's got a, a, a an AR fifteen in one hand and a bald eagle in the other. You know, <laughs> a pen in his top pocket. Yeah, something like yeah. that. The double agents tend to be Russian, don't they? Um, yeah. And this is it. So that was a bit silly, but the Sam Neill character I really liked because there's just a wonderful bit of acting. You know when like when you see an actor do something that, that, that affects the emotion in a scene and you maybe watch yes. the scene back to see what they did and they sort of basically, no feature in their face moves but somehow they managed to convey something. And um, and he did that, you know, when uh, the Americans agreed to give them, uh, what's the word, Not like uh, immunity or whatever. Oh, you know, asylum. Asylum. There's just like a little look on his face that's just like a relief of his dream come true. And I and I actually went back to watch the clip and I was like, his face almost doesn't move at all, but somehow he managed to to convey this like great feeling and um, this life changing moment. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. He's a wonderful actor, Samuel. Yeah, it was weird that his name isn't higher up on the credits because it's yeah. literally yeah. he's like it's a major it's, character. Yeah, he's like lost in the shuffle. And I was like, oh, when I didn't see his name after like the second or th- like the third or fourth person mentioned, I just assumed that he'd be like Anne Sam Neill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But then he's not. It's just like Sam Neill after like some, after one of the more minor characters. Yeah, he's. Uh, he's oh, that's good. Suppose, well, obviously, again, pre Jurassic Park, was he huge yeah. at this point already? Clearly not. Yeah, not not big enough, not big enough. But I thought he was really good, and and I do. It was sort of became one of my favourite characters. And Alec Baldwin is great in this. He's just so handsome and blue eyed and charming and uh, like charismatic. You the know? only thing, one thing I would say is I just don't buy him as a character who's like, oh, I just work behind a desk. Yeah, you know, yeah. you never. It's the same with John Krasinski as Jack Ryan. He like at the start of the show, he's rowing, and he's like, yeah. He's six foot five and he's built. <laughs> he's not just an analyst behind a desk. Like he's got yeah. a wonderful beard. He, he's going to be fine behind enemy lines. <laughs> yeah, the beard. He sold sold on the beard. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so you 
So, did you find this film boring? Because I'd be, I was worried that you might have been a bit bored with it. Because if you don't kind of keep on top of it, you could drift away and be like, "Oh, what's going yeah, on now?" I found it intensely boring when I was watching it late at night, and all I wanted to do was sleep. But I knew I had to watch it <laughs> as a homework assignment. I was so intensely bored by it. Um, but that is, that really is my fault rather than the film. You know, and of course, what we what we got to do for this show is have a personal response to it. We're not we're not paid critics for a publication where we're telling audiences about new films and they've got to decide for themselves whether they go and see it. It's lit- mm. this is a very much a vanity project where we're just giving our personal opinion on it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know, from my tastes and how tired I was, I was intensely bored the first time. But but in in rewatching it, rewatching key scenes, you know, kind of. Getting everything right, it is it is a fascinating film. Yeah. Um, do you buy like the do you buy Ramius's motivation for wanting to defect? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, obviously Jack Ryan, the character, he lays out why, he, you know, he lays out the fact that his father was a fisherman and all this sort of stuff. He doesn't have these ties, and if you are given that order to basically cause mutually assured destruction or you know huge wide-scale destruction you could see why somebody would would do it so i was yeah i was on board with that i wasn't convinced by the backdrop of this of the scene (laughs) you know when they're talking yeah (laughs) but i was convinced by by his motivation yeah but i didn't question it to be honest right yeah right um i'm just trying to think what else well well, then we'll move swiftly on to your favorite scene of this film son hmm i think the, the the best scene is the is the torpedo scene, but really, again, my own personal response to this film, I do think that the most significant scene was when he kills the um, political officer, because that was the moment when I thought, okay, this is quite an interesting film actually. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty good. Did Did you like the bit when you see the guy in the Kremlin going about like his day, like I think it's like an admiral or something. I can't remember who he said he was, but he's going through and he's like, "Oh, you got a captain, you got a letter here from, you know, Captain Ramius." And he's like, "Oh yeah," and he's opening it nice and sedately, and he's like, "Oh no, we need to. What's <laughs> happened?" And then it cuts to, and then later on you find out why Ramius did that, and it's, I like the bit, I like the compar, I like the comparison he makes with Hernan uh, Cortez saying, you know, when Cortez was in. Um, I think Peru or something. He was like he burnt the ships. Oh yeah, and he was yeah, like yeah. real know, dick move. Yeah, big dick energy that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you said earlier, you know to be like right. There's no turning back. You got to go mm-hmm. forward here. So, I think I like I quite I liked that aspect of that. If you're saying important things, did you like the fact? I, something else I liked was, and that I'd kind of forgotten watching this film was that. Um, for some reason, I just assumed like you think it's Ramius on his own, and he's got to hide it from his entire crew. But you find out, obviously, he's found people sympathetic to his cause and what he wants mm. to do, and you know want that would to make an interesting prequel, that wouldn't it? Seeing him assemble his team, of people that, <laughs> you know, as somebody, I don't uh, think it make I an love, interesting sequel. <laughs> I but think it could. Prequel. I mean, I love, I love, um, you know, as you know, I love the the novel nineteen eighty four, and yeah, a lot of that is kind of like seeing if you can see people's. Uh, you know non-conformity but you're never allowed to speak it because if they if they are for the party that you're fucked you know uh, that sort of thing i think it, would, yeah. it could be an interesting um an interesting yeah how does he how does he sound thriller. yeah how did he sound out these people in a 
in a military organisation. Yeah. yeah. Especially because, you know, you tend to get people who do join these kind of organisations to tend to be a bit more nationalistic and a bit more, um, I suppose in our country, a bit more jingoistic and nationalist mm. and a bit more right-wing. Perhaps, you know, there it'd be a bit more jingoistic, nationalistic. It's not going to be many people who are neutral to the idea of somebody wanting to defect. <laughs> they're either no. well on board with you or they're going to want to kill you or yeah. get somebody else to kill you. Yeah, you, uh, you yeah. put you up against a wall and shoot you sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of other notable scenes. I like it when Jack Ryan first figures out and then he's, he's telling the other generals and admirals and whatever they are uh, about his plan and so on and then um, he's kind of cornered by the NSA guy uh, who's a politician yeah that's a great scene uh, what was your favourite scene? mine was the torpedo scene in the canyon you know the Thor's Towers I think mm. it's called or something oh, yeah. Um, yeah I just really enjoy that bit because Ramius is still having to convince the crew that it's um, you know that they're that it's an exercise and one of them's like they're shooting at us and he's like ah if they really wanted to hit us they would uh, they would <laughs> you know and it's like you know like you said if that was me in that situation I'd be like holy shit why, why are they shooting at us it <laughs> is an interesting portrayal of that um, of that power dynamic and that hierarchy yeah. of even if you're pretty convinced that you're going to die right now you have to follow his command especially if he seems like he knows what he's talking about yeah I like that and I like it when it's like they overshoot like the turning point as well. That's really interesting. Mm. And he's like holding on to like the last second to turn so he knows that the torpedo doesn't just follow them around the bend. It'll go into the actual. It can't. It won't have time to the because basically he's he's making it so the torpedo doesn't have time to turn and hits into the canyon wall. I like. Right. I, I also like the fact that the like you said he's like oh I could fly you through the Alps without any windows. Um, yeah. <laughs> as long as I've got a, an accurate map. Which is kind of essentially what he's doing at that point, isn't he? They're literally. Well, that's it, and and you trust that he's not lying, you know. And we've we've done a lot of films where there's um, uh, somebody in command who you just you just trust them, even though you know they're flawed. So like a Captain Kilgore um, from mm. uh, Apocalypse Now, or you know Steve Zissou in Life Aquatic. You know that they're flawed and they're insane, but you're sort of going to be fine with them if you're on their side. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing that maybe I'd that I think you were saying you quite liked Alec Baldwin in this film as uh, Jack Ryan. I I wasn't his biggest fan in this film. He's mm. okay. He's not that compelling, quite frankly. And he's like he's quite rude to people. Like that bit when he's <laughs> like when he speaks to the air hostess, like shit. I didn't like that. That is Re- that is a proper dick move. Though. When when he did that, and it was like within like the first five minutes of the film, I was like, oh, Sam's not going to like this film because <laughs> he's going to see that and just be like, this was this is just everything this is all my worst fears come to pass <laughs> and he's still a bit of an arse in like the um in the air in the helicopter where he's telling mm. the pilot to keep the uh he's like you know we fly on the reserve fuel until that runs out and then we can leave and then like literally a second later the the co-pilot or the guy on the wire goes on the winch on the winch goes oh there's a submarine two miles West <laughs> to our right hand side, and you're like, well, that was an unnecessary argument. You could have just, you could have just stayed there. You could have just been like, hang on, like, how did he not see it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that brings me to favorite lines. And mm. so, what was your favorite line in this film? Well, I mean, I was surprised when he said that you didn't, uh, that you thought the dialogue wasn't very good. Because I, I mean, there was a dozen favorite lines I could have chosen from. To well, be honest. the dialogue isn't very good, but there are good lines in it. And I think you can mm. see the difference between a 
I don't know if these are the if these lines are in the book itself or if they're just take or they're just well written screen lines. I don't think I think the general dialogue isn't that good. But I quite but the the lines that there is in this film, there is a lot to choose from. Like I'm not saying there isn't and there are some good ones in it, you know, and they you know, they do they take lines from other things as well. Um there are stuff with like actual subtext. You know, I, I really like the Go on, you tell. Actually, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll mention it in a bit. But go on. What's your favourite line since you're older? I think there's a few. I, I do. I mean, I don't want to kind of cover all ground, but I do like the the well, we'll stuff he basically said from, from yeah, of course, from Dor- Boridin where he's saying he wants to live in Montana. Um, and I'm not sure exactly at which point it became my favourite line, but he's talking about you know have a marry a round American wife and have a recreational vehicle. I think it was when um, he says. And drive from state to state, do they let you do that? Remy says, I suppose, and he says, no papers. Um, that was quite nice, like you say, to humanise and just get a sense of really what it must have been like behind the Iron Curtain and uh, to, to sort of dream about a, a freer life. Yeah. So yeah. I really like that line. What was the one that really stood out for you? Um, oh, let's see, that is... It's a, it's a good question. I really like the bit when um, I suppose the the address that Ramius does to the crew when he basically says, um, you know, and he goes, it reminds me of the heyday of Sputnik and Yuri Gagarin when the world trembled at the sound of our rockets. Now they will tremble again at the sound of our silence. <laughs> That's a great line. He's he's commanding, isn't he? Yeah, we will listen to their rock and roll. <laughs> um, <laughs> go on, what was your other one that you had? Another one that stood out was um, when Jeffrey Pell is saying, listen, I'm a politician, which means I'm a cheat and a liar. And when I'm not kissing babies, I'm stealing their lollipops. But it also means I keep my options open. I quite like slimy characters like that when they, yeah, when they reveal it their just didn't feel very, sliminess. It is good. It's a good line. But it's also a bit un. That's that's where the realism for this is. Like, why would you even bother saying that? <laughs> you know, you'd just be like, "I'm a politician. I keep my options open. That's part of the job." <laughs> I like the uh, bit on the um, on the aircraft carrier when the admiral goes, "What's you know?" And he's talking about Ramius, and he goes, "What's his plan?" And Jack Ryan goes, "His plan." And the admiral says, "Russians don't take a dump, son, without a plan." <laughs> 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 which is a brilliant you know very you know what was it that um, uh, Winston Churchill described what was it the Soviet Union as of some, what is it, a riddle inside a mystery a, a mystery in an enigma inside a mystery in the air yeah I, I can't remember the entire quote but yeah that's very much yeah the, the, the Russian state is very very nebulous yeah, <laughs> enigmatic. I think the, the, it, would, it would be remiss of me not to mention the uh, Mancuso line. The hard part about playing chicken is knowing when to flinch. Oh, do you uh, like that one? Is, yeah, because I was I mean, when I was rewatching the clip of the whole torpedo thing, looking at the YouTube comments, every every other comment was just people quoting that line. Really, it's clearly a fan favorite. I, I don't think I don't think it was. It's good. It's it's good for that scene, but it's, it wasn't the one that I picked up as like when I was like, oh, that's really good. I like yeah. the um, the one <laughs> when. <laughs> The ambassador, tell, ambassador, the Russian ambassador, tells um, Pelt, and he goes, you know, he tells him they've they've lost contact with another submarine, and he just goes, 
Andre, you lost another submarine. <laughs> that's that's really good. <laughs> like he's like, well, he's kind of like, I know you have, but he's got to pretend that he doesn't know, and it's yeah, yeah. just that kind of the like little cat and mouse like word of wits they have. Um, yeah, there is some. Like I said, there isn't. There isn't bad lines. I was, I was saying it was just maybe like I said, it lacks that subtext a little bit, where. Um, I quite liked the fact that when he goes to see his friend when he's talking about the type of uh, the new type of submarine and he's like oh when I was 12 years old I helped my dad build a um, a bomb shelter in our back garden and then what is it I helped and that's because oh yeah I, I helped build a bomb shelter in our back garden and that's because some madman parked you know some missiles on Cuba you know imagine what's you know no one's going to know about this till after the everyone's died mm, you know basically yeah. imagine what these this thing could do so I well that's like... it and that's why you get to see that's why you understand his motivation for handing the keys over to it yeah like, yeah you know but then but then on the flip side of it you've got the sort of bits where it's like <laughs> what does he say when he's reading from the Bhagavad Gita and he's like quoting Oppenheimer and yeah. he's like, I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. And he's like, oh, this is an American and a religious text. And it's like, <laughs> I imagine the political officer knew who Robert Oppenheimer was. Yeah. You know, this is 1984, you know, and it's <laughs> like, it's, and then he's like, oh, he got accused of being a communist. And I felt like, you know, the communist uh, political officer goes, yes, I know, I work here too. <laughs> you know, like, accused Yeah. <laughs> That's well. They wouldn't have accused him. They would have been like, "Yeah, yeah sure, if you want to be." Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I kind of liked that. But th- yeah, there is good. It's good action movie lines, isn't it? Rather than yeah. good dialogue, because there's no because there's me- that bit's meant to be subtext, but it's not. It's a hammer in your face going, "Oh, Ramius has second thoughts based on his wife's political views." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course he's going to have changed his mind. Oh, and the other one is like, "Where I'm going, you cannot follow." <laughs> but on, which sounds good in his sounds good in his accent yeah in his Sean Connery voice you're not much money Perry yes yes ah Sean <laughs> it is cold <laughs> it's hard no not monument. to do the voice <laughs> it's brilliant fun <laughs> <laughs> right Sam what I'm going to do because we've come to the end of we've come to the natural end of this section mm, we're going to have another break and then we're going to practice our Sean and Connery impressions and then when we come back we're going to get your we're not going to record those though Listen, no, no, worried. we're not going to record them we're going to get the critics response we're going to get what you think of this film and then we're going to have a quiz and find out what we're Looking doing next week cannot wait you sound excited okay join us after the break Welcome back. You'll join us here at Radio Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> north, North, cool. North. Best music mix. Um, let's do it. Oh, yeah, so what would you rather do? Would you rather give your opinion first or would you rather hear the critics first? You know me, I'm always, I'm always more keen to hear what Roger Ebert thought. Yeah, so as always, Big Rog, old Snoop Roger Rog, Notorious ROG. Roger Ebert. Uh, 
had some uh, opinions on this film. Uh, so this is what he had to say back in 1990. It's a tribute to the movie, which has much less time than Clancy did at book length, that it allows the plot its full complexity and yet is never less than clear to the audience. Many military thrillers, especially those set in the Cold War period, rely on stereotyping and large crude motivations to move their stories along. The Hunt for Red October has more fun by suggesting how easily men can go wrong, how false assumptions can seem seductive, and how enormous consequences can sometimes hang by a slender thread. So what do you think what do you think Rog gave it out of five three, four, four, four isn't it? <laughs> four for some reason. I think he liked it. I think he's going to give it a three. You gave it a three? Yeah, 3.5. You're bang on, yeah, three and a half stars. That's impressive. Um, Yeah, he didn't like the exterior uh, sub shots, so they look like bloated whales. Yeah, there is an element of that, even when it's breaching, which is clearly a practical effect. It does look like a bloated whale, yeah. Yeah, now I've got a review for you here that's not so positive. Mm. From uh, Rolling Stones, Peter Travers, who's again, oh, yeah. beco- who's becoming again on the show. Yeah, he's becoming a bit. He's still alive, unlike Paul Rodge. Um, yeah, and he's been he's been going a long time with the old uh, with the old uh, film review. So he's stuff. got so he's got a back catalogue. Yeah, but he's seen a film or two. Yeah, so he says, This just in, some audience members at the film version of Tom Clancy's best-selling submarine saga, The Hunt for Red October, have been spotted uh, listing in their seats, their eyes dulled and glazed. The experts are confounded. The movie boats a major star as Sean Connery, a stalwart young contender Alec Baldwin, and the best production $50 million can buy. And John McTiernan did the... Anything for a jolt director of Die Hard is at the helm. So how does a book that has readers uh, checking their pulses become a movie that has audience checking their watches? Uh, thereby hangs a tale. So yeah, it was too long. It was too long. When I saw it was two hours fifteen, I thought, okay, bloody hell, this is I'm in for something here. And it was way too long. You know, yeah. when I got about an hour in, and I thought this is not even halfway. That was problematic. Yeah, he did say. Um, Hunter has a stately pace, more befitting a meditative spy novel by John le Carre than a rip snorter by Clancy. Mm-hmm. Um, he also goes on to say Clancy isn't much at characterisation, but he's a whiz compared to with screen race writers Larry Ferguson and Donald uh, Stewart. At least Clancy sketched in Ramius's motives for revenge on his motherland. His father was a murderous party tool, his wife the tragic victim of Soviet medical incompetence. For background, the film writers have Ramius mutter, I miss the piece of fishing and uh, Borodin one of the officers Ramius selects for their uh, shared hatred of the Soviet Union tells Ramius he wants to defect so he can settle in Montana and drive a recreational vehicle the dialogue sounds like something left over from the last Star Trek opus and it stops the picture cold so yeah so he wasn't I don't agree with all of what he's saying but I get his but point that is obviously the the review of somebody who's read the book as well which is always a problem isn't it because like well the book did this but the film only did this and it's like yeah well it's a film it's, yeah. it can't do it all can't have you ever all. have you ever read any of the tom clancy books out of interest no, no no never come close i mean i played one of the video <laughs> i played one of the ps2 games once that's about as close that's, as I've got to, is that is that the height of your, yeah apparently he was i think he tried to be in the military and it didn't work out or something but right. his um hallmark was 
very technical detail and he apparently interviewed submariners for this film uh, sorry for this book and um, when the book came out he the apparently like the american um what is it the war department or whatever they're called um I don't know what military. It's, <laughs> it's not ministry, is it? What's the defence secretary like? Whatever their military branch is called, or their um, division defense of government. Yeah, the defence. Yeah, it's defence, isn't it? The Department of Defence. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, apparently they basically were like, <laughs> "Why have the Russians got this caterpillar drive and we haven't?" <laughs> and someone had to like gently explain to the, the somebody. One of the higher ups. That's uh, it's it's whilst it's they've they it was actual something people had researched. It was impractical and uh, not <laughs> not real. <laughs> so some bless them. Speaking of caterpillars, how many caterpillars out of ten would you give uh, <laughs> for Red October? I I feel like I've got to give it two ratings. One for actually how much I liked it, and one for how good a film is if that makes well that's sense. not what I asked you <laughs> well give it two ratings on its own merit it's clearly a very good film for what it is and it's like a 7 or an 8 for what it is oh, but on in terms of how much appeals to me and how much enjoyment I got out of it probably a 5 actually right. you know so yeah, to give enough. it just a 5 out of 10 would underplay it it's actually a very good film just not for me yeah is this one of these situations where you appreciate the merits of what it is but it's not your taste Exactly. The the best possible version of this film is still not going to be a film that I much enjoy. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, well, it sounds like you appreciated the film rather than enjoyed it. Yeah. Would be. Exactly. I can see why, you know, if somebody said it's their favourite film, I'd be like, fine. You, we must have different tastes, but I, I get it. You know, I, yeah. I understand. I mean, it's a good solid seven or an eight for me. It is exciting. Mm. It's good. It's well made. It's got that kind of brinksmanship, that high stakes enjoyment. Um, you know, it's a bit of nostalgia as well, you know. Of course, yeah. You know, the Cold War has a lot of nostalgic memories for a lot of people. It's shaped a lot of the modern politics still to this day, I would argue. Right. Well, one thing I do know that you love is a quiz. So. I've got five questions here for you to try and uh, crack out and see how you do. Let's see what we can do. So, where is Ramius from? Lithuania. Vilnius. Yes, he's from Vilnius. That's the answer (laughs) I wanted. Well done. That's one question. Right, congratulations. Uh, Cheers, mate. What class of submarine is the Red October? Ooh. Um, I mentioned it quite a lot at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, is it just a letter class or is there another thing? No, it's like a to name. I don't know. I'll say nuclear class. I don't know what it could possibly be. It's not a nuclear class. It is a nuclear <laughs> submarine, though. It is the typhoon class. Typhoon so, class, yeah, of course. Yeah, he goes, oh, it's a typhoon class, but it looks bigger. <laughs> they all say that yeah. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Um, here's, a, here's a tickler for you. This might catch you out. Um, what year was the Russian Revolution? 1917. Oh, good, well played. <laughs> <laughs> thought, thought you might get that one wrong there. Probably, I had a student it? who did a project about it last uh, two years ago, so <sighs> it's in there somewhere. Yeah, what a <laughs> I bet that's from that 12C, in it? You are, you know. <laughs> uh, so, question four. What does uh, Tim Curry's doctor say to the captain um, 
what does he say he will receive when Ramius tells him that him and the officers will go below and scuttle the ship? I haven't a f- I haven't the slightest what, what clue. What award would he get? Oh right, okay. Uh, it's like probably a purple heart, <laughs> but um, like the other a, a, a red heart, <laughs> <laughs> very red heart. Yeah. In Russia, it'll just literally be a heart. They'll just be like dumped on your lap with lots of blood flying everywhere and going, in Mother Russia, you do not win heart, heart win you. <laughs> no, I've no idea what is it. Um, you, I'm surprised you might have heard of it. The Order of Lenin. Ah, uh, yeah, that rings a bell now. I, I wouldn't have got it, but yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, it makes sense. And finally, what composer does Seaman Jones accidentally play over the sound system to the people in Pearl Harbor? So it's not Pavarotti, Paganini. It is well done. Well, you know, <laughs> well, at least you know your Pagnini from your Lenin. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's the um, So yeah, you did do. You did okay. You got three out of five. Um, Bang average. Yeah, Bang average. That I wasn't. I was I, good quiz. Honest, though, good I, quiz. I, I, I mean, I was. I was, <laughs> I was expecting USS Dallas. Uh, no. Gone love. <laughs> you know all these. No, no, sadly not. Um, so yeah, that's the hunt for Red October. Hope you it enjoyed is. it. It is. So, so, Sam, have you got... So, what are we going to watch next week, mate? I next really week? Know. Well, I hear there's some sort of uh, theme next week. There's a day, special day for a lot of people next week, which is, of course, Halloween. Is it their birthday? Oh. Uh, probably some people. Probably some people. I can't, I can't rule it out, I'll be honest. Um, last year, we did a doubleheader Halloween special, this time just a single film. And, Hugh, it is the 19-something uh, film. The, the, the 19-something. Oh, the yeah, thing. I remember the 19-something. <laughs> yeah, it was next to 19-whatever thingy-majob, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so... After that. so what do you know ben, about the thing? Um, Kurt Russell, isn't it? Kurt Russell, yeah. Uh, it's an alien that can change form into people, but when it's not being people, it looks like a big grotesque monster. It's set in like the Arctic, and they're, they're basically all going around trying to figure out what happened. Then they find out there's a thing there because it's killing people. And um, everyone loves to just talk about the ending because apparently that's relatively ambiguous. Like, people aren't sure if Kurt Russell is the thing at the end or not. And. Uh, yeah, I, can't, I must admit, it's one of those films where I kind of know the ending, so I'm kind of just... So you know, you know a thing or two about the thing. That is the thing yeah. with this with this podcast thing that we do. Uh, it is often, it's it's watching a film that you basically feel like you've seen before. Yeah, so... Because you've watched video essays and compilations yeah, and Or people have talked about it on other yeah. videos and things like that. So Podcasts. yeah, so I feel like it's going to be interesting to sit and watch the whole film from start to finish a bit like the first time I watched uh, the original Alien you know right uh, yeah Ridley Scott like I hadn't actually seen that until I was probably in my mid-twenties so I feel Same. like it's going to have yeah, that kind really of that. effect yeah and I haven't seen this film for best part of ten years so I'm really excited to watch it almost from scratch really like you you know it's almost like when you were describing it I was like yeah that's basically what I remember yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm looking forward to it is, um, we're gonna, is we're Ben gonna, coming on for it next we're going to hope for Ben yeah probably must be his 12th appearance or something like yeah, that you are saying, saying he wasn't too well so hopefully he's feeling better yeah so when he listens to this Ben because this is just Count this. This counts as me contacting you over WhatsApp. For the show, yeah. <laughs> well, this is <laughs> you agreed um, to it months ago. This is the film that he's. Re- I think he's. This and Amadeus are the two films that he really wants to do. Yeah, so so I'm looking forward to his enthusiasm. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, join us next week for the thing. Hugh, if they want to get in touch with us and tell us about their thing, uh, how can they do that? <laughs> um, well, ideally, they'll probably send pictures. Um, but what they need to do is they need to steal a Russian nuclear submarine, defect to the Americans, and then when they get to the US, hope that there's somebody has a laptop or a computer and they can send an email to uh, please watch this dot pod at gmail.com. So, no yeah. papers? No papers, so. No papers, wow. Yeah. World. yeah, and if they can't be asked doing it that way, because mm. that is a little bit elaborate, I mean, they might not have a computer. Pricey. You know I mean, just, just, to, just to get the train fare to steal the submarine is a bit of a... Yeah, it depends, where, I mean, it depends where you live, doesn't it? You, you know, if you've got a bike, yeah. you could ride a bike, couldn't you? Or if you can freely access the internet from where you are, um, then you can find us on social media, at Twitter and Facebook, on and Instagram, at pleasewatchpod. Well, doesn't that sound exciting? We welcome your engagements. So, listener, I love you deeply. Hugh, thoughts, feelings towards them? Uh, yeah, they're growing on me. <laughs> good, good. Well, uh, let's hope they don't turn into some sort of alien life form that ends up killing us all. One can only hope. Absolutely. Uh, listener, we love you, and I will speak at you next week alongside my good friend Hugh. Yeah, see you next week. Bye! Bye.